doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel. Take a fly. Send me trains out of Zion. <laughs> Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Fuel. We are getting closer to what may possibly be the start of some kind of NFL season, but we may also not be ready for anything at all soon. We don't know. Tom doesn't know. I don't know. Network doesn't know. Gary doesn't know. Nobody knows. But we're going to keep giving you some information. And today's topic, after we get a little uh, news out there, will be second-year players. Mm. And uh, I have an article that basically listed last year, before the season started, that listed the top 80 dynasty fantasy rookies. So we're going to see how well they nailed them, at least yeah. after year one, and we'll talk about what hopefully we can expect from them in year yeah, two. Right. But first, we have a few little tidbits of news. Uh, I want to start with um, some uh, news, but probably not any news <laughs> that you didn't already realize. Uh, this is more of an IDP thing and also of because I hate the Cowboys. The Cowboys all but have given up hope of Randy Gregory's reinstatement. Uh, I'm pretty sure nobody knew that was going to even take place. They figured he was probably already done, but I remember, was it you or I, or both of us, we actually had some stakes in Randy Gregory when he was a rookie and maybe even when he got Mm -hmm. his first, second chance and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, all but given up hope, which is fine. Um, (laughs) have they all but given up hope of re-signing Dak Prescott? Not sure. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't have any idea. I do have a nice stat for you on Deck Prescott. Okay. Uh, there are four quarterbacks in the NFL over the last two seasons. These four quarterbacks are Mitchell Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, and Dak Prescott. Those four quarterbacks <laughs> have more turnovers than touchdowns versus playoff teams. More turnovers. Than touchdowns, wow. Wow. so just wanted to throw that so, out there. Yeah, since I mean, we were they talking can be Cowboys. fine against the bad teams, but, but not the good teams. Yeah, so you know, just just, <laughs> just throwing that out there. Um, what else do we got here? Oh, uh, the NFL's latest proposal it just includes one preseason game, but the players are okay. still wanting no preseason games and a longer acclimation period. And it seems like we're getting a little too close to preseason to where we're still talking about this and not having a plan in effect. And I don't like where we're going. I know that they don't want preseason games. And I understand that. But you have to have at least one. You know, and they're, they're, I don't like preseason games. I don't like watching them so much. But if I was a coach, I need yes. some kind of gameplay, some kind of actual scrimmage between another team to know whether or not these guys can actually cut it in the league. And one one is low enough. I, I want it to be two permanently. I would love to see that. Yeah. I know we don't need four or five if you're in the Hall of Fame game. We don't need to see all them preseason games. That's ridiculous and just gets people hurt. And I think that a lot of coaches can figure out who they have on their team with a couple games. But it, to say no preseason games, it's just you're throwing out a possible talent that 
it could be really good for you in years to come if you keep them on the team. But if you throw them away, somebody else can snag them up and there goes all that lost talent. So I don't know. I understand what they're saying. I get it. I, I don't know if I'd want a, a preseason game either uh, the way things are, but I, 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 I know the coaches probably thinking, I, just give me one. <laughs> just give me one. Yeah. It, it's so hard to, since we don't have anything concrete yet. I mean, yeah. you understand where ownership is coming from. You understand where the coaches are coming from. You also understand where the players are coming from. And yeah. To not have something in place. Uh, I There was another article, just the vague gist of it was the NFL was the only sport that had time to figure this out, and they pretty much <laughs> squandered the time to figure it out, and we don't know what's going on, and it makes me a little nervous as to the season actually happening so stay tuned we will hopefully have a football season still mm-hmm. and now it's time for twat this week's antonio troubles we thought it was over it's never over <laughs> except it's, it's over <laughs> um antonio brown has announced he's retiring from the nfl for the first time since he announced he was retiring from the NFL last <laughs> September 22nd. Wait, wait, wait. You're, wait, you're what? You're you're retiring. Didn't you already say that? Like, <laughs> okay, thanks. I'm not going to I'm not going to draft you in the next draft then because now that you're telling me that you retired, I won't believe the first time that you said it. I'll just believe this time. It's in here <laughs> is a 11 minutes worth of tweets. There's three tweets that he put <laughs> out there. Um, at some point today, is it time to walk away? I done everything in the game. Question mark, exclamation point, exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Then four minutes later, he says, at this point, the risk is greater than the reward. Thank you, everyone who been part of this journey. I sincerely thank you for everything. Life goes on 84. And then he says, I came, I saw, I conquered, mission complete, call God. <laughs> the guy is really kind of, <laughs> he's lost his mind. But at least, you know, he seems like it's a, he's a little bit more normal. But yeah. maybe now, maybe now it's more official in his head. Before it was probably like, and I think I could still come back, but maybe now he's actually serious about it. Maybe that's why he needed to do it again. Or he just wasn't in the news at all, and he needed to be in the news <laughs> again to maybe have a team like, oh, he's really done? Well, we're going to have to sweeten the pot to get him to come back. Right, and we're going to have to yeah, give him man. so much money. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so, A.B. Um, unfortunately, I think your time is done, finally. But maybe maybe he'll retire one more time before the season starts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about second-year players. So, okay. for reference, the list that I am looking at was created on August 28th, 2019. So, before the season ever started last year, a couple weeks before that, mm-hmm. this was the list of the top 80 rookies for Dynasty Leagues. I don't think we're going to talk about all 80. But we will. That's gonna be a long show. <laughs> we will talk about a few down this list and uh, okay. whether or not they got it right, and whether or not we think they'll be productive in the upcoming season. Uh, right. Overall, their number one was Josh Jacobs. You can't really fault him for putting him there. Yeah. He landed in a perfect spot. He's still in a perfect spot for amount of workload he's going to have carries wise. At least if he can get a few catches out there, he'll still be a probable. Back end RB1, um, depending on how high you want to take him. 
Uh, What do you think of Josh Jacobs this season? Well, I mean, he he was all right last year. I think he averaged somewhere around 15 to uh, 18 points per game, depending on what league you're in. And so, I mean, it's not like he wasn't he wasn't bad. I mean, he had some bad games. I mean, you know, it was a week uh, three. He had five points, and then there was another week later on in the season where he had another five-point game. And everything else has been at least above 10, which is, <laughs> is at, at least where you want your right. running back to be. Um, but he had a couple of big games. He had a 33-point game. He had a 28-point game. That's all that 21-point game as well. Nothing consistent, though, and that's where it kind of bothers me with Josh Jacobs. I like to see a really level off, like, this guy getting 20 points per game, and he is not really even close to that. So I understand that he was highly touted. There's absolutely no blame there. Um, and, and, again, I, I expect him to improve, so I hope that, this is, you know, he's going to be something I'm still looking at. It's not like I'm giving up on him. Right. But where he's being drafted right now, I'm probably looking in another direction. Yep. Uh, number two on this list we already have an issue with because um, <laughs> David Montgomery did not do that great as a rookie where everybody thought he was going to take over that role. <laughs> now, granted, some of us were wrong about a certain player on the Chicago Bears getting a lot of <laughs> carries and whatnot, but we won't go there. We're talking about David Montgomery and his stats. I mean, he had 242 carries and 25 receptions, so he touched the ball a decent amount, but he only ended up with a 3.7 average and seven total touchdowns, mm-hmm. six on the ground. So it was not a very successful year in many people's eyes because he was going in what, the fourth and third round last year in a lot of drafts. I know there was Mm -hmm. a a fantasy footballers draft with, like, celebrities and whatnot, and I think he went in, like, the second round. I'm like, oh, like, I understand the (laughs) hype for him, but even the second round, that is just, that's way too much. So, David Montgomery, year two, what do you think? Again, I think it's something that should improve. Uh, he had he was around 13 points per game. This is in the flag league, so I'm just going to reference the flag league. 13 points per game on average, but again, he was inconsistent. He had a he had a couple games that were 25, 29, and he was one at uh, 19 or so. But everything else was I'll say he was consistently in the teens, kind of. But nah, that there's even some games that he wasn't there. So he. Even throughout the entire year, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I'm waiting for him to do something, and he never really got there. So I'm hoping he gets there at some point. (laughs) Sorry, I opened up a web page, and somewhere somebody was talking on it. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's more important than what I'm saying anyway, so we should just go to – no, I I just think David Montgomery has – first of all, every opportunity to be the guy in Chicago, and I hope he gets that point. I just think – he was inconsistent last year. This is going to be a lot about consistency. And again, he's not somebody I'm overlooking. He's somebody I want to have, but it really depends on how the drafts are going to lay out. Yep. Uh, And it wasn't even as though it was just every time he got 20 plus carries, he was good because there were a couple of games. He had 21 carries for 53 yards, one game. So even when he gets the workload, that is not enough out of him. I mean, he had three catches for 14 yards. So all all those touches, he still had under 10 points in a PPR league. And that Mm. is something that definitely needs to improve. And Chicago, I'm sure, is 
going to try and do their best. Uh, they don't have a whole lot to work with this year other than right. uh, Allen Robinson and like a barrage of different tight ends to work <laughs> with. So uh, uh, I'm thinking David Montgomery will get another year's chance of a ton of yes. touches and see if he can do something with them. All yep, right. Absolutely. Number three on this list might have not been number three overall last year, but he definitely ended the year very well, and he is being touted a little bit more than uh, I was hoping this year because I'd love to scoop Miles Sanders up in a mm. lot of leagues this year. I, I actually saw a comparison between Miles Sanders and Christian McCaffrey's rookie years, mm-hmm. and Miles Sanders uh, had by far a better rushing year than Christian McCaffrey did his first year. And then Christian McCaffrey had 80 catches compared to Miles Sanders, 50 catches. So it's not like it was out of the realm of possibility for Miles Sanders. If he'd have just been the guy from day one, he'd probably had a better stat wise year than Christian McCaffrey did in his rookie year. Not saying he's better. I'm just (laughs) saying it was a fair comparison to how the two went in their rookie seasons. Yeah, Miles Sanders is somebody, and you know this as well as anyone, there's a couple guys that I was going for hard this year, and Miles Sanders climbed so far up the boards that it made it really difficult for me to go after him because there's other guys that I want to get before him. But now he's so far up the board on drafts that it's getting really difficult to be able to get Miles Sanders. Whenever he's available, I'm still going to take that chance. It's just not going to be in the first round. So, um he is somebody I'm definitely wanting to have, especially in dynasty leagues. It's going to be oh, yeah. absolutely key to get somebody young with his talent. Um, so he averaged like 17 points per game. But if you, like you said, you look at the last few games, it was really, really good. And even had some really good games, sporadic spirit. Wow. I can't even say <laughs> periodically. I'm trying to mix two words again, periodically throughout the entire season. And even on average, it's fairly consistent right. because 13, 19, 16, 14, 20, that's at least somewhat consistent. You're not seeing a, a 5 and then a 10 and then a 3 and then a 17. You're not seeing any of that jump up and down. It's staying a level playing field for the most part, and that's the kind of guy I want to have on my team, and I think that's a lot of the reason why he's climbing up on the draft yes, boards. for sure. Before we move on to the next one, Network asks, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, or Josh Jacobs? I wouldn't. I would definitely be Miles Sanders over Josh Jacobs at this point, is in my opinion. And then, what was the other one? Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, boy, that's hard to pass up. I mean, the the value there in general is going to be really difficult to see. And I think he's going to have a good year. Oh, that's hard. That's a really difficult one to say. But I, I have to go with Joe Mixon. I think the value there is just it's it's more. You could get more trades yes. um, from him if you were willing to trade somebody off, and you could get something in return that you really like. So probably going with Mixon at that point. Yeah, that's who I have is the highest on my rankings is Joe Mixon. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stick with that right now until we maybe update our rankings. If and when we actually get some preseason, you know, some training camp stuff going on, we'll see. So I'll say this. I'll say this in comparison, just real quick. Miles Sanders averaged 17 points per game in the flag league. Joe Mixon was 16. So there's that. I mean, once you start looking at some of the numbers, you understand – just how close they actually are. Right. And Miles Sanders had a better year, so we'll see. I, I still think Joe Mixon has a higher value right now in fantasy leagues. All right, let's move on to number four. Everybody already knows how I feel about this person. Uh, and obviously <laughs> they were wrong after year one, but uh, what's going on with Nikhil Harry? 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is uh he didn't even play for more than half the season and then when he did play it was just garbage. It was terrible. Um so yeah, obviously everybody was wrong. I mean the games that he did play he averaged like 5 or 6 points per game whatever it was and he's just it, if with a different quarterback and say Cam Newton maybe does something with him, I don't know how it's going to work out, but it didn't work out at all this last year. And I'd take a chance really late on him, but I'm not going to, to you know, push up the, the draft board to get somebody like this. Although he could be a steal of a draft yes. possibly, but I, I'm not willing to take that chance unless it's late. Yeah, that's the only thing about Nikhil Harry that I like this year is because he was so bad last year that maybe he falls into the 13th, 14th round and you can just take him as a flyer. And again, if you're right, you'd be like, I got him in the 13th round and he won me my league. (laughs) If not, you'll never mention his name. Pay that man his money. (laughs) Thank you, Network, for the cheers uh, and the bits there. There's our new uh, alert messages and stuff. So, uh He's testing them out, and they're working great. I'd like sounds to. good. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll do a few. We'll do more. Most of the top ten, and then we'll uh, skip around here. Number five, AJ Brown. Obviously, he came mm. on very strong after Ryan Tannehill took over. So I think he will continue that. I don't know how consistent he will be now that the Titans are a team that people have taken notice of. Because Derrick Henry just signed an extension. He got his uh, deal off the table. He doesn't have to worry about the franchise tag no more. They've got him locked up. So Derrick Henry is going to be the focal point of this offense as long as he can stay upright and not injured, which last year he did pretty good for the most part. There was a week or two where it was a little (laughs) bit of a concern, but Derrick Henry's still the man there. So how are we looking with A.J. Brown? Well, Edger Brown last had 14 points. For the most part, and at least say, oh, I can get something out of him. But if you look at it, he was inconsistent last year. So to say that he's going to be consistent this year is really hard to say. So he was, what, 13 points for week one, then five, then one, then 25, then four, then one, then 13, then nine, then 11, then two. And then 24 and then seven. So it's extremely inconsistent up and down. Um, Not somebody I normally want on my team. Again, it's not saying I won't have him on my team because you need somebody like that to give you a big week, to give you that big win uh, every once in a while. And then for best ball, I absolutely would love to have him on my team. All right. That about sums it up. Um, We have a number, another Terrible, terrible pick at number six here. And unfortunately, that is another guy from the Philadelphia Eagles, Uh-oh. JJ Arcega Whiteside. So oh, no. um, let me hear oh, no. your takes on JJ Arcega Whiteside. Well, first of all, <laughs> he barely even played, he was barely on the field. It was a complete bust. But this year is completely up in the air with him. And I don't know whether or not. I want to take a stab at it with him at all. I, I don't think I'll draft him, but if he's still available after the draft is over, which I assume most drafts yeah. will be, I would take at least a, a look at it because, you know, he, they need somebody to throw to, and I really don't trust anyone else, and maybe he takes a step up and gets a little confidence with um, uh, Carson Wentz a little bit more. And 
we'll see. But based off of last year, it is going to be extremely difficult for me to say he has anything to offer me in the fantasy football right now. Yep. So here's our fourth wide receiver in a row. It was bad, good, bad. So we're going to go with mm-hmm. another good one. Another one of your favorite guys, DK Metcalf. He was right, uh, yeah. their seventh overall, and he did pretty good. It was all right. You know, I think it was uh, 12 points per game on average. Um, and he started kind of slow, and then he kind of got consistent. And I'm I'm assuming he gets better and better. This is one of the guys that I, I think is going to be a freak of nature once he gets fed the ball the way I know he can be fed the ball. The only issue is that there's other guys – that Russell Wilson likes to throw to. And Russell Wilson is not somebody who just feeds one guy a ball all the time, although uh, Lockett can probably tell you a little bit different sometimes. (laughs) But I just think that he's going to get more confidence with Russell Wilson. This is To me, I'm drafting DK Metcalf where he's being drafted this year because it's extreme value. I don't remember exactly where he's going, but I think it has a very big opportunity to boost your fantasy team in – basically give you a guy that nobody else thought was going to have a huge year. And it could be very much a huge year this year for him. All right. After that is uh, Kyler Murray. He obviously is on everybody's radar. He has vaulted up to like the fifth ish round. I see him being (laughs) taken as like the third quarterback off the board, which I, I get it. He has so many weapons, but will he be able to, get in tune with them if we don't have much of an off-season program here. Um, and yeah, before true. I let you talk about Kyler Murray, I just want to let you know that number 10 is Andy Isabella. So that's a guy that will <laughs> be coming back, just one of many targets for Kyler Murray. So why don't we just speak on the Cardinals as a whole here? Well, basically, yeah, it's what, we, what you do talk about because the Cardinals last year weren't good. They were just kind of, eh. you know, I think they had five wins and Kyler Murray – did everything he could, you know, to give him the wins, but they were inconsistent with having their wide receivers on the field. And now they got the best wide receiver in the game, in my opinion. And they got Larry Fitzgerald and they got Kirk and they got all these other guys. There's a lot of wide receivers for this team. And I think that might actually cause somewhat of an issue. And this is the first time I'm actually thinking about this. It's kind of on the spot, but if he can't get in tune with, a certain set of them and he's trying to get this guy the ball and this guy the ball and that guy the ball it could be kind of difficult for him to try and become one with some one of some of them and i don't think that's going to be too much of a problem but again with possible who knows what's going to happen with this year because of COVID 19 and all that yeah you don't really know what kind of practice they're going to have together you don't you know but he was fairly consistent he had a couple really bad weeks right in the middle of the season. Um, but everything else was fairly consistent. He was a heck. He was in the top 10 last year in the flag league anyway. So right. I would expect him to improve, especially with the guys that he has, but let's see what happens in at the beginning of the season, because I think it could be a slow start. And if that's the case, if you see Kyler, Kyler Murray is starting slow, go out there and get him right away. Cause I think he will progress as the season goes on and he gets a little bit more connected with his wide receivers. Yep, and I will say I am watching Kyler Murray like I watched Andrew Luck a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where he may have a slow start and people might be down on him, but I told you all to go out and get Andrew Luck and <laughs> trade for him after about week four right. or five, and then he just went on a tear. Mm-hmm. So 
Hopefully that will be the same with Kyler Murray. Everybody drafts him high and he starts off slow. And then I can swoop in there and be like, Hey, Mm -hmm. what can I give you for good old Kyler boy? And uh, we'll see. The the key is there is you don't say, what can I give you for Kyler? You say, you know, I'll, I'll take this guy and then I'll, you can throw in Kyler to make it a little bit more even. (laughs) And then they'll be like, well, I guess so. And then downplay just a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right, the other guy inside the top 10 uh, who started off week one with a bang and then just kind of got hurt and couldn't put anything together, TJ Hawkinson, you know how high I was on him going into last year. And I still am high on him, but you definitely don't have to spend a high pick on him whatsoever. He is just right there at the end of the tight end ones that are being drafted after the top five-ish are going, then it's kind of a menagerie of whoever oh, yeah. gets taken where, who's got more faith in what tight end. And TJ Hawkinson is one that you can just wait for. If everybody else takes yep, a tight yep. end, you can take him and hope that he gets on the same page. We'll have a hopefully healthier Matt Stafford who mm-hmm. does like to target the tight end. He's just never had a reliable one before. And I think Hawkinson <laughs> can be a reliable one as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange because I think everybody pretty much thought Hawkinson was going to get a ton of targets last year, and it just didn't happen. I mean, he had a couple games where if you have negative points in fantasy football, he gave you negative points. And you're sitting right. there thinking, this is terrible. I can't do And this it was right away in the season. I think he had week one. He was amazing. And everybody was like, this is going to be a huge year for Hawkinson. And then week two, negative points. Week three, negative points. And you're like, all right, this is not cool. What happened? And then he got uh, somewhat consistent, if you want to say consistent. But he he barely even broke uh, the, into the teens. I mean, he, he never did break into the teens for the rest no. of the season, if I'm recalling correctly. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just not good. It was extremely below average. And like you said, he's going later. So at that point, there's going to be a whole bunch of tight ends, like you said. And you, if, if you don't think Hawkinson's a the guy, then whatever, don't take him, go with somebody else. But I think he's still got a pretty decent opportunity to improve from last year. I mean, you can't get much worse than what he did last year. At the start, the start of the season was amazing, and then it got really bad really quickly from there. All right, so we'll do something a little different here because we got three <laughs> wide receivers in a row, and they're all basically in the same types of boat. So I want you to tell me which one you would rather have. Okay. Marquise Brown? Debo Samuel or Nicole Hardman? Ooh, um, I'm going to say not on Hardman just because there's a lot of other options sure. there, but Hardman is an interesting one. It's it's because because of the quarterback. That's it right, right. there. I mean, that makes the whole difference. But um, you got Marquise Brown. That's that's a good option. Who was the other one? I forgot. Debo. Oh, Debo Samuel. Man, if Debo had a little bit better <laughs> of a quarterback that, felt, that I felt like could actually do something – I would go with Debo because I think he's got the most talent about sure. um, out of all of them. I think he is the most electric. Well, Hardman's electric, but it's a different. It's, yeah, it's a, a diff- speed it's electric, different. yeah. Yeah, it, I think Debo has the chance to be a, a spectacular wide receiver in the NFL. Let's just hope that Garoppolo really <laughs> steps up this year for his sake because I think that could be an extremely good wide receiver to have this year if Garoppolo takes that step forward. All right, Noah Fant, uh, not much to say. It's basically the same thing as Hawkinson, although he was on the field more last year. And, but we do yeah. have Drew Locke, who is way down the list. Let me see where I can find him on this list. 
52 out of 80 is where they have Drew Locke on this list. So they did not expect <laughs> him to do that well, but I, I saw a little bit of spark between those two towards the end of the season. Hopefully it keeps it going. I don't expect big things from the Broncos as a team, but I do expect some yeah. big fantasy performances because Locke does have a lot of players and, uh, Noah Fant is one of those guys, again, I, I tried to like last year and hoped he would do well, but the tight end curse continues for rookie tight ends, and uh, mm-hmm. Noah Fant is no exception to that rule. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. I mean, he's going to have uh, the same situation as Hawkinson. Basically, late in the draft, you can pick him up for whatever if you want him, and then just hope. It's just across your fingers and hope that they use him. All right, Devin Singletary, I think everybody knows kind of where we stand on him. If uh, he didn't have Zach Moss there, I know you'd be higher on him. I'm still hoping for the one-two punch in Buffalo, but I know you just hope Buffalo isn't that good anyway, so (laughs) we don't have to uh, hang on Devin Singletary. The one right after him at 17 on this list, Daryl Henderson. Mm. Now, he's got a chance to show... Everybody, what he has. There's no Todd Gurley. But they drafted Cam Akers, and they still have Malcolm Brown. What is that situation going to be like for the Rams? Well, the situation is going to be a little weird at first. And I think Daryl Henderson, if he wants to make his mark, he's got to do it right now. Because Cam Akers in the NFL, completely unproven. Daryl Henderson in the NFL, completely unproven. And what we've seen out of Daryl Henderson hasn't been great. <laughs> so let's this if he wants to do it and take that role, it has to be this year. I'm not trusting that at all. I'd much rather have Cam Akers than Daryl Henderson. But I, I I just don't think there's any reason for me to even think about him unless I have Cam Akers. Yeah, that sounds about right. Although I think he is being drafted fairly high because of the situation and there's a lot of people that don't think cam Akers is anything special even though he already knows how to run behind an absolutely horrid offensive line so he should have been drafted by the jets but we want we don't have to (laughs) hey our offensive line is better (laughs) it is better than it yes 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 um (laughs) all right a couple more wide receivers down this list deontay johnson and terry mclaurin everybody knows what terry mclaurin can do uh it's just a matter of if dwayne haskins can keep yeah. I'm not even sure what the word is I'm looking for Dwayne Haskins has to be better than he looked to me last year and I I don't know if that's going to happen yeah that's the biggest question McLaurin has superb talent I love to see the catches he was making last year were amazing and I'm just thinking this guy is kind of like a OBJ in a way like he's just catching these balls that he shouldn't be catching and that's the problem He's catching balls he shouldn't be catching. The throws are off target, and that's going to cause an issue with him. So I love McLaurin. I think he's a great talent. I'm just having an issue with with Haskins at the moment. All right. Uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, I think it's going to be – it's going to be hard for him to make a mark in fantasy after Big Mm -hmm. Ben comes back and if Mm -hmm. Juju – stays healthy, I think it's going to be a steady dose of Juju and James Conner if he can stay healthy. And if neither of those guys stay healthy, it's I guess then I would be looking at him, but I'm just not yeah. a 100% believer in Deontay Johnson at the moment. Well, we'll have to see because, like you said, it's at the moment. 
Yeah, because Deontay Johnson, he did decent last year. wasn't terrible. Um, I'm sure it was somewhere around 10 points per game or something around there. It wasn't it wasn't bad, but it was good enough to you could, I think I have to start him this week. He'll give me something. Um, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know with, with Big Ben coming back. He is completely different than what they had last year. So we'll see what happens. Um, at this point, it's a completely wild card. It's kind of a toss your hands up and hope you get right. something out of it. All right, moving down the list here, we've got some interesting ones like uh, Jay Sternberger, Dawson Knox, Josh Oliver, Kahali Warren. There was a whole bunch of tight ends just kind of grouped together, and Dawson Knox had a couple of moments last year. I don't think in that offense he's going to have very many moments. He'll be a guy who sneaks in there and has a good game once in a while. So maybe he'll be one of those streaming guys that if no, we find that team that just is terrible <laughs> against the tight end, I'm going to say Dawson Knox this week, you got to put him in there. If you can get him, play him because they're going to find a way to get him in the end zone. He's going to be one of them DFS guys that you're right. just like, okay, I need a tight end and there's, I don't have any money left. <laughs> Who's this Dawson? All right, I'll All take right. him, and I'll, I'll be able to start him. He's only cost me such and such money, just barely enough. Uh, so, yeah, that's one of them guys that I'm not expecting a big year out of by any means, but he could give you at least a halfway decent game. Yep. Uh, your Hunter Renfro's on here. We all yeah, know yeah. the situation in, in Las Vegas. i got to yeah. get used to saying that. haven't said it too <laughs> often. But there's a lot of mouths to feed for the Raiders this year. So we'll see if Hunter Renfro can keep being a target monster because if he's not a target monster, he's not going to be as valuable as we hoped right. he could be. And then it's going to be really, really difficult because Ruggs is going to take a ton of targets, I think, this year. Whether or not he produces with them targets, right. I don't know. But yeah, Hunter Renfro, I had a lot of hope for. And then they went out and got Ruggs, and I'm just like, what the heck is this? Right. <laughs> and then uh, your other guy was Brian Edwards. Is that the. Yes. yes. And that's, yeah. Yeah. That's everybody's high they on him. Guys. Yeah. So they got, they got a guy. Got a bunch of guys there. Uh, a couple almost back to back here New York Giants, Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton. I actually hmm. expect some decent things out of these two fantasy wise this year. Again, I'm looking at it the same way as like, uh, you know, Drew Locke and Noah Fant and well, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Yeah. Those guys for them are going to be on the same way. They're going to have some good games, but I don't think it's going to produce winning uh, season. That being mm-hmm. said, Darius Slayton could be one of those guys. If the giants defense is terrible, He's going to get a lot of garbage points. So you might not see him start off very well in some games, but because the defense starts backing off and playing softer just to, you know, let him keep running out the clock, he might get a lot of garbage time catches, and (laughs) it still counts. So even if that's the way he's producing, we're okay with that. I'm okay with Darius Slayton getting half of his points in garbage time this year because I am targeting him, and I am targeting him often. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense to to have somebody like that on your team. Um, I think the best thing for him to to hope for, I guess, and it will probably happen, is just one of the wide receivers needs to go down and needs right. to be for you know a few weeks, and then he can come back out there prove himself again because he did prove himself to a certain extent last year. I think he did pretty good from what I remember. The last part of the season was pretty decent, so I I have no issues with somebody wanting him, especially because he's young. He's talented, and if it's a dynasty league, I'd absolutely, absolutely want him on my team. 
Yep, there was a few games at the end. He had nine targets, eight targets, nine targets. Uh, one mm-hmm. of those games, he had two touchdowns. And then he only had three targets in the game, but he got a touchdown. So he was producing right. in different ways. So yep. I could see, you know, there was a lot of high scoring or late runs in those games, I believe. So, like I said, Darius Slayton, even if it's garbage time, it is worth it. Uh mm-hmm. Another guy down this list, there's not much left. We're <laughs> just getting past 45 here, and there is not a whole lot left except for a couple of quarterbacks. And then a guy that a lot of people, I think, were starting to uh, maybe pick as a sleeper, um, Kelvin Harmon. He yeah. ended up injuring himself, and he is going to be out for the year. So we won't get to see if the second year was going to be an improvement for him. Uh, the only other real name on this list that I'm looking at this deep is uh, Foster Moreau, who ended mm. up getting some targets and actually having games, decent fantasy games, at the same time um, that everybody else was in, well, the Raiders last year. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know it's that he's somebody. You, yeah. It's going to be hard. There's too many guys there. Too many guys yeah looking over this list i am just not seeing much else there's Keyshawn (laughs) johnson preston williams jacoby myers just a bunch of well and there's my guy hakeem butler he's you know in there in the 20s but it's so many question marks i don't know why i don't know why the jets haven't thought of this yet we should trade some something to get Keyshawn johnson on the team (laughs) i mean i just want to hear the jets got a touchdown and it was Keyshawn Johnson that got it one more time. That <laughs> would be <laughs> that would be great because it would be hilarious. We would be talking about it for weeks, and then if he actually <laughs> turned into something, maybe he actually ends up with more touchdowns than Keyshawn Johnson did while he was oh, in wow. New York. Wouldn't that wow. be something? <laughs> that would be something. But I mean, there's at this point he's just buried. He's on a team that's and he's buried. And he's good. I I I know he's good. I've seen what he can do in college, and even last year a little bit yeah. at the start of the season for sure he was producing. I I like to see him go to a team that needs a wide receiver, whether or not that be the Jets or somebody else. I think he's got talent there, and that, right now he's just on a team that's just not going to give him the production. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our second year players list, and. Uh, Look back, it was not a great uh, list, at least the order that they had it. There was some good ones down the list and some really bad ones up high. Not saying that this is the end of the line for some of these guys, you know, like Nikhil Harry and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Oh, yeah. So we will find out, hopefully, if there's a season, we'll find out how many improve <laughs> and how many kind of just stay stagnant. Uh, but... That'll do it for us. Thank you for watching. If you're on Twitch, thanks for listening out in podcast land. We are about to uh, switch over and record the Back Row Jets show, part of the Back Mm -hmm. Row Network, where they do have uh, a number of teams. They're not all full yet, but yes, we do. We have the Patriots now, Tom. There is literally a guy doing the Patriots podcast after all the times you said there were, but there weren't. Uh, We've got the Redskins, which is no longer. So I'm very curious to see that name change. So Mm -hmm. there will no longer be the Back Row Redskins show eventually. 
Uh, we got the Packers and the Finns and the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Steelers and the Browns and the Ravens. There's there's a ton of them out there. The Texans. So please check them out. Uh, we're always reposting on Twitter whenever there's a new episode for any of the guys. So please check them out. Um, but yeah, that'll be it. And uh, thanks for listening. Don't forget to stay fueled up and hopefully the off season program. 